Hello, how you doing? Welcome to season three, episode five of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. I hope you've had a lovely week. I can finally talk about it now. So I think it was episode two in the introduction. I said I was all overwhelmed and stressed about something that I couldn't talk about because certain people might be able to hear. Well, I threw my partner out a surprise 40th birthday party and I've been planning it since January. So for nine months, I've been keeping the secret. And anyone that knows me will tell you, I am the worst secret keeper ever. I end up telling people their presence. I just I have the best of intentions, but I hate the lying aspect of it. And I normally catch myself out, but I didn't. And everyone that was involved did an amazing job as well. And he had no idea until it was in the room above a pub in Brighton. And it was only when we were walking up the stairs, he was like, what's going on? But by that point, it was too late. I just shoved him through the door and was like, just get in. Let's get the surprise over with. And we had an amazing night. So it was well worth all the stress and all the sort of little porky pies I had to tell to get him there. Moving on to this week's episode now. So this is something that honestly has absolutely fascinated me because I've created such a different awareness around this topic now and that is controlling the narrative and creating the narrative and that's something that we're all aware of in one way or another maybe if it's just we think somebody lies and makes up their own versions of events whether that's somebody that's insecure and feels the need to over caveat and over explain themselves there are so many forms that creating a narrative and controlling a narrative can come in and that's what I want to discuss today so let's start this week's episode You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. When it comes to controlling or creating the narrative, whether that's a situation at work, within your relationship, maybe there's a situation in your family or within a friendship, I just want to caveat before I start the episode by saying that anything I share today is purely based on my personal opinion, which has come together throughout my own experiences and research and study. But at this stage, when I say study, I would by no means call myself an expert. This is just, I've had several situations within the last two years where controlling, creating the narrative has played a huge part in the direction of my life. And the whole topic itself absolutely fascinates me. And when it comes to controlling or creating a narrative, this can range from a very, very small level where maybe a minor detail has been forgotten or not mentioned to a huge catastrophic level, which will impact how somebody's life turns out. And there are so many reasons why we control the narrative or we attempt to control a narrative. Now, those reasons aren't always bad. And I also now personally believe that we will all be put in a situation at one point or another where we have to put our version across. We have to say our side, whatever that might be. Maybe it's just something you've observed at work and you're being called in as a witness to a situation. You know, I'm making that up off the top of my head, but we will all have to say our own narrative. Before I move on with the episode, I just want to create an image that I want you to have in your mind for a few moments. Imagine you have been watching a TV series and it's all about right or wrong. Who's the victim? Who's the bad guy? who's going to be innocent, who's going to be guilty. And 
Maybe you've been watching this with your partner and it's coming up to that final episode where you're going to get the verdict. So you invite several friends around who you know have been watching the same show, maybe some relatives as well, and you all get together in your living room. Maybe you've got some popcorn and a few drinks and you are watching the show together. What will happen when you are watching that show is that although everybody is watching the same show, every single person will be watching something different. They will be getting something different because every single person's brain works differently. So there will be people in the room that think the person's innocent. There will be other people that will be sure they're guilty. There'll be other people sitting in the middle, not knowing which way to go. But no matter what is said or done, and no matter how clearly the evidence is delivered, everybody will hear something slightly different. Or even if they hear the same words, they will make a different interpretation of those words, which will impact the decision they make on how they view the person or the situation. And that's with everything in life, even with the fun, silly things. And you're just trying to prove yourself right over. You thought this was going to happen and it happened. And they're like, you never said that. And you want to say, I did say that. Remember this time? This is the way of life. And controlling and creating the narrative happens every day, even in the fun, silly things. So this isn't all dark and heavy. But why I wanted to talk about it is because in a way, I'm following on from my last solo episode, which was talking all about solicitors divorce, the impact that can have receiving those solicitor's letters. And basically what a lot of solicitor's letters do is create a narrative. Initially, it is telling that person's side of the story or they're putting what they think is the truth across. But also sometimes solicitors can spin the narrative. They can add things in. They can make things sound bigger than they are. And maybe that's at the request of the person that they're working for. Who knows? But it can feel so absolutely damaging. And based on that episode that I released a couple of weeks ago, I have had messages from women who are currently going through that experience. And it is so hard because you know what the truth is and you feel such a different version is being put across and you just don't know what to do with it. So I kind of wanted to shed some light on the situation and talk about the different levels and what's okay and what's really not okay and when it really matters because even the innocent party in a situation again whatever that situation may be whether that's work family you know the drill the the innocent party and the victim will still get parts of their story wrong they will still forget things they will forget something they shared at a earlier date that they now don't remember or vice versa they forgot it at the time and suddenly it comes into their mind three six months later and all of that has impact on people saying, well, if it was that bad, why are you only remembering it now? If it was that bad, how did you say it then? But you've already forgotten it. And all of these things can devalidate. That's not the word, is it? But they can discredit and make you not feel validated, basically, for your experience. And what I want to say is that whether you forgot half the story and you remember it later, whether you remembered it all at the beginning and your memories got a little bit skewed, anxiety fear, insecurity, these are all going to play parts in how you remember the story. And also don't forget, you know, even in those lighthearted, silly situations, sometimes we don't remember every little thing throughout the day because it's life. We've got a lot going on. There's a lot to think about. Some of us have got children. We work full time. We're trying to run an active social life. Our brains are full of a lot of information and stuff is going to come in and stuff is going to fall out. So just because you've forgotten something doesn't unvalidate you and I think that there is a lot of judgment involved and I understand why there's judgment involved judgment needs to be involved to try and resolve the situation and finalize it so people can move forward however there are some people that 
see an opportunity to create a certain image of themselves. So I would say they go on from controlling the narrative slightly to full on creating their own narrative and which is when someone starts outright lying and putting in false accusations. And that is where that level of creating the narrative becomes can be catastrophic and so, so damaging for many people involved. And my stance has always been, in any situation, why lie? Because you're going to get found out. Even if it's five years from now, you will get found out. Things will come out. Things always come out. They have a way of doing so. So I've always thought I would never create a narrative. I would never um, do anything because, and you know, up until a few years ago, I had a very nice, innocent, sheltered life. I didn't have to deal with things where I had to share a version of my events or share my side of the story. And that was a very naive view to have. And then suddenly I am faced with having to respond to solicitors' letters. I'm also faced with a situation that was involving the police and I had to give my side of something that happened and some of it had happened years before. And it's stuff that when it happened years before, I wasn't initially aware of. So to then try and share my story as honestly as I could, I was forgetting things because there's stuff that I just didn't know or stuff that I was like, no, I'm sure of it. But am I 100% sure of it? And you start questioning yourself very, very easily, which can very easily also start to slightly control or create the narrative. And there were days after both situations where I had shared my side of events. And although I always knew I spoke the truth, there would be days I'd be thinking, did I say that bit? I can't remember if I even said that then. Or, oh, I said that, but actually, maybe it happened this way instead. And I would, I'm an overthinker. I'm an overanalyzer. I would crucify myself for this. Did I tell the story as accurately as possible? Am I creating my own narrative? What's going on here? And I would want to make sure that I was doing my best to tell the truth as much as possible. And I still felt like I was creating a narrative at times on those vulnerable days, on those anxious days. I felt like, am I making this up? Because the more we think about something, the more we are going to remember something differently or we're going to put our own spin. Or maybe if there's a situation you were a witness to, you've got your version, you hear someone's version and that kind of seeps into your brain and you start seeing the things that the other person told you you don't know if you're remembering that or if you're just imagining that because someone's just shared it with you. All of these things are valid and make it so, so hard to have a completely 100% accurate story. And I think if you are somebody that generally lives quite an honest life, lives a life where you always want to do the right thing in any situation that comes your way, this can be a really hard pill to swallow and it was a hard pill to swallow for me. And I also had to learn that as long as you know you are doing your best, that is enough. As long as you are telling the story to the best of your ability, that's all you can do. And as long as you know you're being honest with what you have, that's enough and that's okay. And if you get something wrong or you've forgotten something or you've said something and then forgotten, whatever it might be, that doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't make you a liar. It makes you a human being. Insecurity also plays a huge part in how we want to control a narrative about our lives. So if you think somebody is out there telling a story of you that is just so false or so far-fetched, you want to correct that story because you're worried that people will have that image of you and you will you know, you might bring it up in conversation with friends, hoping that your version gets around because you're so worried that this false accusation, and you know it's false, but then you almost think, am I making myself look guilty by sharing this story? And there are so many elements to this. So the best way I learned to control the narrative, so to speak, was to know that what I remembered and what I knew was enough. 
I did not need to caveat myself. I did not need to over-explain myself because I knew what I knew was true and that's enough. And the situation that I was involved in with the police was one that at the time felt so awful and I and the wording of some of the letters I received through that I personally felt there was some victim blaming going on there and I can't tell you how that felt and the need to feel that maybe I was somehow being judged when actually in this particular instance I was the victim and the only way that I made peace with it was to know that I knew the truth. I knew what had happened and whether it went as far as it needed to go or whether it was going to end there and then maybe nobody was going to know. I knew the truth and I didn't need to caveat myself. And I think we live in a very difficult world where so many people, men and women, women in my experience, but I do know it happens to men as well, but women are gaslit regularly. They are manipulated regularly. There are so many stories I hear like monthly from people, friends of friends, where you can't quite believe the things that you're hearing. And it's always a woman that has been kind and given somebody the benefit of the doubt, and they have just been manipulated and screwed over. And then this stance of you've been screwed over, you want your side heard, and that's completely valid. But I think the most peace you will get out of any situation where it's a his versus hers, hers versus hers, his versus his, is to just know and trust yourself and give yourself the validation because that's the external validation is only going to go so far because people are all going every single person like I said with that image at the beginning when you were watching the tv show every single person is going to have a different perspective you just have to know and trust your own and validate yourself as much as you can and then that way if on the external you don't get the result you hoped you don't get heard in the way that you hoped by authorities or authoritative figures it won't destroy you completely because you know the truth and that's enough. And it's a really hard thing to do to get to that place. And it took me a really long time. And I still have blips. If I still take myself back and have a vulnerable day and think about something to do with those situations, I might question myself for a second. But then I very quickly bring myself back and remind myself that I know what happened. And whatever is said from me, from them, it doesn't change the bits that I know to be true and the important bits, the important bits, not the the maybe the odd word that was said differently here or the odd sentence that was or wasn't said, but the actual facts of something that did or did not happen. As long as you can validate yourself, that is what is going to bring you the most peace and the most closure. I want to move on now to a little bit more of a complex side of this creating or controlling a narrative. That is when a person decides to take what can only be described as a vindictive action or vindictive actions to create their own narrative to either get themselves out of trouble or because they want their version to be believed more than anything and they get so caught up in it that they start doing things to try and prove their version to be true. And the reason that I want to talk about these vindictive actions is because it's been quite common. There's a trend that's been going around on social media, certain social media, where videos are being shown of more so women having a very emotional, intense reaction to an argument. So they might be going around, throwing things on the floor, um, shouting, crying, slamming doors shut. And these videos have been posted by either an ex or a man that they're involved with. And the man is showing it to say, look, you say all this about men, but look at women being crazy, da-da-da-da-da-da. And they are creating their narrative of, look how bad she reacts. What these videos don't show is what happened in the lead up 
to that woman having that reaction. And everybody sees the reaction and this is where quite often those stances of women are crazy, women are really intense, women are so dramatic come from because certain people, and it's not always men, it's women doing it to other women too, but let's just take a very traditional example of a male and female relationship where a man will discredit his partner to the point that she loses control of herself because she is just trying to have an, a normal, happy, honest relationship and things are going wrong. And every time she tries to talk about it, things are twisted and twisted and twisted till she has a reaction. And then that reaction is caught on camera and then that can perpetuate his narrative of but look at what I'm dealing with and one of these videos I saw I saw a counsellor I think it was a psychologist had done an explanation to say why these videos are so dangerous and if you actually watch the full video there's parts where you can see him provoking her and pushing these reactions and so that narrative we're all creating of oh my god she's being so unreasonable is completely false because she's just been pushed to her breaking point and what I think some people don't realize is that if through past experience you have learnt another person's biggest insecurities, biggest fears, biggest anxieties and you know how they react to those insecurities and those fears and then you create a situation where not only do you deliberately activate those insecurities, those fears by doing the things you know have got a reaction in the past but you do it with such intent that you set up either a video camera or an audio recording device to capture their reaction. This is something that is called reactive abuse. And it's still a new term. I don't know that much about it. I've started to learn about it. But if it's something you are curious about, if you think somebody is deliberately provoking you, especially if they are then recording you to show others, it is something that has a name. It is abuse. It's called reactive abuse. And make sure you look into it because more and more is starting to be done about this. And from my own personal experience, there have been two separate occasions where I was filmed without my knowledge or my consent. The first one was a little bit more intense and dramatic and the second one wasn't. The second one, I think I only found out through an intuitive knowing, but I'll go to that in a minute. The first one, this particular person knew how to push all my buttons to make me the most upset and anxiety ridden and push all my triggers. They started doing things around me. I wasn't expecting to see them. Then they started doing all these things very, very quickly, very, very off the bat. So luckily I reacted quite well, but I, but I didn't clock what they were doing. And I was like, why are you doing this? And then I saw that it was being recorded in their hand. And I was really, really taken aback. And it actually made me feel a bit sick because I was like, very quickly, I connected the dots of you're behaving in a way that you won't be seen or heard to be doing anything wrong because you're being nice and silent. But I am someone that gets more emotive when those buttons are pushed and I will talk more. You are trying to get me to talk and shout and you won't be heard, but I'll be heard. So your narrative can be perpetuated of, this is exactly what I mean. And when I said, you're filming me, they just smirked and turned the camera off. And I honestly didn't know what to do with that. And then the second occasion was a much more normal conversation. And I went to look at the phone for the time and I don't know why I did it. And I saw it was recording and they said, oh, I don't know why that's recording. They obviously did because again, they were still hopeful of me having some sort of reaction or emotional upset or something that they could prove whatever they're trying to prove because at this point I'm not even sure and that's when I realized 
just how dangerous this can be and not just for the reasons that are quite obvious. It's also damaging because you can start to believe yourself. You can start to be convinced that maybe you are what certain people are saying you are or maybe you're doing what certain people are saying you're doing when you really know that you're not. And it only takes coming away from the situation for quite some time to navigate normal life situations to then realise, oh, I'm not like I've constantly been told I am because I'm not actually doing that. It's more the situation I'm in and the way I'm being treated. And when I'm treated like an equal and when I'm treated like a human being, I'm quite a happy person. I don't have emotional reactions. But you don't learn that until you actually experience it. So when people do go to this extreme level of trying to control their version of events and control their narrative, the damage they don't realise they're doing is that the person on the other side is being so much more affected than they think because the person that is trying to control that narrative, and like I said, this has been different people and different situations. But when somebody is scared for their own reasons of whether it's truth that they don't want out there out there or whether it's just they really want their side to be listened to the most so they will go to those extremes to make sure their side is listened to they don't see the damage that they're doing to other people they don't see the damage they're doing to somebody else's mental health if somebody is vulnerable if somebody is anxious if somebody is going to take these form of attacks and this is where it's so so damaging and I just I just want to say we all have elements of slightly wanting to control a narrative, like I said from the beginning, even with the best of intentions. But please, if you find yourself in a bit of a spiral, whether you're the person that's telling the lies or whether you're the person that's not, try to keep some distance and keep some perspective from what's going on. And just if you are the person telling the lies, really think about the other people for a second because whichever way eventually the situation's going to stop and people are going to forget and they're not going to care because nobody's caring in the way that you're caring about your own situation so really just think like everything I feel like it's the same advice for any situation but just pause for a second take a look at what you're doing and what damage you may or may not be doing because it might be so much more severe than you just wanting to win an argument because if it really is coming down to you just wanting to win an argument think about the damage you might cause in the process and I think I'm going to leave that episode there but like I always say if you have any questions or you want to talk about any of this further my inbox on Instagram is always open that's at Charlotte Jones Presents and I will see you soon. (music) 